What is up, team? Welcome back to the show. It is Q&A time. Let's get into it. All right, so first question we have. Tips on not overeating when going out to eat. I don't typically drink, so not trying to work that in. All right, so really almost always, the biggest thing I tell clients is the crux of flexible dieting is you have to be okay with playing ahead. So very much how I look at this, like, there's kind of this idea like you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? You can, but the trade-off that you're making for more dietary flexibility and maintaining the physique you want is that it's going to take a little bit more planning ahead. So almost always I'll tell clients in a situation like this, yo, just plan your day ahead of time if possible. So, um, and this is most common on a Saturday. Okay. So maybe on Friday night and like, this is a big part of why when clients hop on board with us, nutrition, nutrition clients hop on board or nutrition and training, of course, we'll have most everyone plan out their first two weeks day by day, of course, ahead of time, she was over the next day, the night before. So we can work through on like the weekends. Okay. Here's how you plan out. You're going out tomorrow. Cool. Here's how we plan this out. So really this, the process that I give clients is, okay. So let's say you're going out on a date night. Um, Saturday. Okay. So Friday night, you're going to shoot that over to me. Then we'll talk through. All right. First and foremost, you are going to plug in just a rough estimate of what you think you were going to eat or drink while you're out for the next day. So whatever, I'm going to have a big ass steak and I am going to have, um, like three glasses of wine. Okay, cool. Plug that in. Now, realize as well that this doesn't have to be perfect, but we want just a rough outline of what the next day or about like what you think you'll eat while you're out and about. So from there, we know, okay, I have, let's say, 2,500 calories to work with. This is going to take up 1,200 of them. Okay, so from there next, we know like for physique transformation, our most important, our biggest priorities are going to be overall calories and protein intake, right? So next, we're going to work through the rest of our day. Okay, what protein sources do I need to take in to across the course of my day to make sure that I've hit my protein total for the day? That's our next major focus. So from there, we'll look through, okay, so I'm going out for dinner. So I'm going to have breakfast, lunch, and a decent sized snack around mid-afternoon. Okay, so from here, I'm going to plug in like, okay, this sounds like a good protein source for breakfast. Um, maybe to save up more calories for later, I'm going to sub in like egg whites for my normal eggs that I have in my omelet for breakfast. And it would be a good idea here as a whole to try to focus mostly on leaner protein sources, because when we're going out to eat like this, um, absolutely nothing wrong with fat, but more fat dense foods will add up quickly. So like when we're trying to manipulate calories, push and pull calories or save more calories for later, so you can still hit your macros or at least your calorie and protein total for the day without going over, um, focusing on leaner protein sources than you would normally eat makes a lot of sense. Or even like if, hey, like normally I cook my eggs in olive oil, for example, I'm just going to use a normal pan spray instead of that. So I'm going to save some calories there. Or like the chicken breast that I was going to have for lunch, that cubed chicken breast, instead of cooking that in olive oil, again, I'm just going to use like a zero calorie pan spray. Now on a different note, um, zero calorie pan sprays do still have calories, but it's like I think it's like four calories per eighth of a second. So it's pretty negligible as long as you're not just dousing things in like your olive oil pan spray. So from there, we're going to plug in protein sources across the course of the day. 
Okay, so next I know I've hit my protein total. And again, it's a good idea to make these mostly leaner protein sources. I would say as well, um, if you have limited calories to work with, so this is very context dependent, but if it's the case where you're dieting and you have pretty limited calories to work with to start, it would be a good idea to make these mostly solid protein sources. So like we're gonna swap a protein shake for like a non-fat Greek yogurt, non-fat cottage cheese, something of that nature because that's going to digest a little bit slower. It'll keep you full a little bit longer going into that meal out. Now from there, okay, I know I'm gonna have my protein total and now I have, let's say 500 calories to work with across the course of the rest of the day. Now typically I'll tell clients that are tracking macros, hey, I'm okay if once to twice per week you take what we call a flex day. So you really just let carbs and fats fall where they may and um, focus on hitting your overall calorie and protein goals. If you can hit your macros, great, but again, if once to twice per week this happens, don't stress it, it won't have a detriment to your goals. Um, and it'll allow you a lot more flexibility to really make all this work with your lifestyle. So from there, I would say one, I would still push to be as close to your macros as possible. Within the context of we wanna also make sure that you're actually, you're not just starving by the time you go out to dinner. Right. So from there, I would look to, OK, what are some fibrous carb sources that I can plug in that pair well with these proteins so I can get a lot more volume? I can stay more full before I go out to eat. So, OK, for breakfast, like with that Greek yogurt, I'm going to have I'm going to plug in like some berries and a good amount of fruit. So I know like the calories are relatively low, but the overall volume in my stomach and the amount of fiber that I get, which is going to make it more satiating, is going to be high for lunch. I'm going to have. I'm gonna have that um, chicken breast on a giant ass salad to where this is gonna feel like so much food in my stomach, but again, calories are super low. And then with my snack before I go out with like that lean ground beef, I'm gonna put that on top of a sweet potato. Again, relatively low calorie for the amount of volume we get. We also know potatoes are like the most satiating food. Basically it's potatoes, protein, and then high fiber carbs. Um, so again, we're gonna have a lot of fullness. Because similarly, if you're super hungry going into that meal out, and then we're gonna like get a few drinks in us before we start to eat, willpower and inhibition will just drop so much that that's when we're a lot more likely to go way over our macro targets. So um, in a nutshell, that is how I would go about it. When you're going out to eat again, really it's about planning. Or worst case, I'll typically tell people, okay, before you actually eat, just plug in, like even if you're just at the table, real quick, scan over the menu, plug in what you wanna eat, and then figure out how that works in the context of your day. So even like worst case, you are, um, you haven't planned anything, you've just been like eating and tracking your day as is. Okay, you're sitting out on the table, okay, literally I ordered this thing, now I'm gonna plug it into my fitness pal, just my rough estimate of like what the calories contain, or what the calories in the meal are, and I'm gonna adjust the portion size. So I know, okay, so I got a ribeye. Um, if I eat the entire thing, I'll go a bit over my macros. And I know that's not in alignment with my highest goals, priorities, and values right now. Like I'm, I do wanna make sure I hit my macros as well today. So I can eat half this ribeye and I can have like one and a half glasses of wine or two glasses of wine, but I can't have that four that I would normally have. Um, cool. But again, like the, if you're going to add the end of the day, like just plug everything in, you set yourself up for failure. It does take planning. It is, <laughs> basically you are creating more guidelines for yourself, but it also very much helps you stay on track for your macro goals. But as always, I always tell clients, like this is about weighing what's most important to you right now. But if you want to hit your macros, 
planning ahead is so key. All right, so next question we have is, for a nutrition client that was just a gin pop, wanting to lose fat, not super lean or any extreme goals, would you still use a detailed tracker, tracker or just have them track in MyFitnessPal? I would absolutely still have them use a tracker. Now, we do tailor a client's tracker depending on your goals to like, all right, so some clients that come to mind that are other coaches, they have <laughs> like 10 to 15 columns of things that we track um, because some people just enjoy the data. On the flip side, if I get the sense that this is a client that is overwhelmed by tracking a lot and I think that that's gonna impact adherence, then I try to keep that to the bare minimum. Maybe like those, a lot of those cells were turning to like, you don't even have to enter any data. We just have to do these little check boxes. Um, like literally you click, it checks, checks the box. Did you do this yes or no? Try to remove as much friction and make it literally as easy as possible for the client to fill out. Um, because the easier it is, the better their adherence will be. And so part of that is just the art of coaching and just getting a feel for the client, where they are coming from and making sure that this fits them. <clears throat> But I would always use some type of tracker because again, if they're just using my fitness pal, you have no way to see the tracker is very much how we assess clients progress. So for example, if I don't see how their weight is training across the course of the week, we don't know if they're losing weight or not. Um, if they're just weighing in at random, <clears throat> like so much of this, so much of what we do within coaching is creating more structure so we can get hyper clear on how you are progressing, if you're progressing or not, and if not, identifying where the roadblock is. And really the tracker is such a big piece of that. The tracker is where we can get super clear on, okay, so I see the weight, like if we look at your, if we look at your weight compared to like Wednesday to now, weight is up. But if we look at the last two weeks, you've seen a strong downward trend across your weekly average, and that's much more what we're focused on, so thus we know you're still losing. Or on the flip side, okay, we see that like, for the last three weeks, you've crushed it on these macros, but all of a sudden this week we've seen a big fat loss. We haven't seen any movement in your weight and measurements stay the same as well. Now, if we go look at your hunger, last three weeks on what seemed to be the same macros, hunger was at a three to a four. This week is at a one. So that tells me, okay, I need to dive into your food diary. I need to troubleshoot. Like there's probably some source of measurement error in here or even like hey, has your movement decreased? If we're not tracking things like that, we wouldn't know. So then it would just be like, because very easily, like if said client's movement had decreased by like 5,000 steps per day, that could create a lot slower fat loss. But if we're not tracking things like that, then it's just shots in the dark, right? And it's very hard to know if the client isn't progressing, um, where the stall is coming from. And that's exactly why like tracking data like this is so damn important. So I would, and I truly from like back in the day when I was in the gym and just starting to help people with, with their nutrition, when I just gave people macros and told them to drag it in my fitness pal, results were so much worse than when we kind of started. And the tracker has gotten very refined now, but even like I know when I first just started using a tracker, like instantly, and it was just a Google sheet that looked shitty and just a couple things were tracking, instantly results improved because still there was so much data, more data that we could see and troubleshoot where fat loss stalls were coming in. So I think it doesn't necessarily have to be overly complex, but you should at least have a tracker that measures calories, protein, weight at least three times a week so you can see the weekly average, steps, hunger levels, and measurements weekly. 
measurements are such a big piece of it as well. I, it's, it would be very hard to all our fat loss clients take measurements weekly. It's just such a big piece of it. I would say those would be the non-negotiables like, hey, we track these. Now, next question. Do you recommend any supplements during fat loss or muscle gain? All right, so not a huge supplement guy just because they're not needed for most. I would say, but I would say there are a couple staples. So one, creatine is going to be beneficial for most everyone. Um, basically creatine, creatine phosphate, like the first 15 seconds of intense training or intense exercise, your body is fueled by creatine phosphate. Now it runs out of that pretty quickly. And then our body switches over to the anaerobic. And this is kind of, this is a whole different discussion around energy systems, but from there, our body basically switches to another fuel source, which is carbs. Now by us supplementing with creatine, basically we have another couple seconds of our most explode. It's kind of like nitrous, right? Like NOS or whatever, like a weird example. But if you hit like the nitrous button, I think it is in your car and it like turbocharges it, but you only have a little bit. We're like adding a little bit more of that, like a slightly larger nitrous tank by supplementing with creatine, but it's just ever so slightly larger. It's not like we're adding a whole nother tank or anything of that nature. So basically it could like, hey, maybe on that set of, I could normally do eight reps with 225 there. Maybe I squeeze out nine quick. It's a subtle difference, but it will add up over time. Um, also it's shown to have some cognitive benefits. So really for health as well, I think creatine is a good one to supplement with, just creatine monohydrate. Typically around three to five grams per day is the recommended dose, especially for those that don't, from a health perspective, especially for those who don't eat a lot of animal products, um, supplementing with creatine is a good idea. Past that point, if you are someone who eats fatty fish less than three times a week, um, supplementing with an omega-3 is a good idea as well. So basically fish oil, krill oil, or if you are vegan, you can roll with an algae oil. Um, that's a good idea because again, otherwise we can be a bit short on those omega-3 fatty acids. So for health, that's another pretty proven supplement. Um, there you wanna look for something that is, when you're looking at the labels, now any clients of mine, please feel free to, feel free to just shoot me a message if you're looking for like, you're not sure if you're going with a quality product or not, but, um, basically we want to look for something that if we're looking at like, okay, it's this fish oil blend blend, and let's say it's a thousand milligrams. We want about 70% of that or more to be EPA plus DHA combined because otherwise it's pretty much fillers. So let's say it is, or it's like a, um, a thousand milligram fish oil blend and EPA plus DHA is 700 milligrams. Okay, that's probably a quality product, but it's a thousand, let's say it's a thousand milligram fish oil blend and 400 milligrams of that is EPA plus DHA. Okay, then we're probably not actually getting the amount of omega-3s that we want and the EPA and the DHA are really what we're looking for there. Um, so that's a good way to know if it's a quality product or not. Past that point, vitamin D for many individuals is a helpful supplement just because a lot of people do have a vitamin D deficiency. I think that a multivitamin is typically a pretty decent recommendation simply because it kind of covers any... Now, of course, we don't want to like try to replace... It's a good idea to basically just eat a diverse nutrient-dense diet, eat plenty of fruits, veggies, etc. 
two to four servings of fruit per day, three to five servings of veggie per day. Now, but past that point, again, like taking a multivitamin typically isn't going to hurt anything, and it will help make sure that you take more of the boxes as far as those nutrient needs go. Now, past that, really there's, I, protein powder can be helpful if you're someone that is struggling to hit your um, protein targets. And really, protein powder has been somewhat demonized, whereas really, if you look at like a whey protein powder, but really it is basically, protein powder is basically like when they're making cheese, whey protein is just the byproduct that they scrape off the top, basically. So if you're considering whey protein a supplement, you're basically like, and an example they used in Mac Nutrition was like, hey, have you been supplementing your diet with cheese lately? Because basically, if you're considering whey protein a supplement, you're considering cheese a supplement. So a lot of people are against using protein, um, whey protein specifically. I really don't have a problem with it from that case. I think it's a good idea from like a fullness and a satiety perspective. It's a good idea to, um, again, like use a diversity of sources. And a liquid like protein shake will digest a lot quicker and won't keep you full as long. So especially if a client is dieting, we don't want to go super hard on that. And many people, like if we're going too hard on the dairy as a whole, it'll upset people's stomachs. A lot of people are going to be a little bit more sensitive to whey as a whole as well. Um, but past that, I'm per absolutely no problem with it. Past that, really as far as supplements, there's not a lot else that I typically recommend unless we're getting to like, hey, I am a vegan and then there's a couple more things that we, or I'm falling plant-based. Then there's a couple more things that we wanna supplement like as far as essential amino acids and things of that nature go. But for just the gen pop client that wants to lose fat or build muscle, there's really not a lot else past caffeine can help aid your performance. We just wanna make sure that it is not, typically I'll tell people like a good cutoff time is noon or at least 10 hours before you go to bed. So it's not disrupting sleep because then we can kind of be missing the forest for the trees. Like I'm trying to improve my performance, but I'm only sleeping five hours per night because of um, my caffeine intake. Past that, that's really almost always generally what I would recommend. We don't go too much further than that. Um, again, unless it's like the level of, okay, so for some clients, like in a building phase and hey, I'm struggling to get my carbs in and we know that maybe some intra-workout carbs from like a dextrose powder or a highly branched cyclic dextrin could be helpful. Um, but again, that's, that's only when we get to the scenario of a client that is like, hey, I am, which actually this is pretty common with the clients that we coach, <laughs> um, but hey, like I'm struggling to get my carbs in for this building phase. And again, we know there could be some slight benefit to you actually sipping on carbs during your training. So, okay, cool, that makes sense. But in a fat loss context, that doesn't make sense unless, again, it's like uh, some freak of nature that's losing fat very quickly, but they're also just not hungry at all and actually struggling to hit their calorie total, which isn't a scenario that I've come across yet. All right, and then the final question we have is, what are your thoughts on collagen protein powder? All right, so the amino acid profile of a collagen protein powder is going to be a little bit different than like a whey protein powder. Basically meaning it doesn't supply the amino acids you need for actual muscle growth. The, again, the, the amino acid profile just isn't as quality. So basically, not all protein is created equal. Um, and there's a difference between like, 
if I hit my protein intake from mostly like plant-based sources and collagen protein powder, for example, the actual amino acids that you would get from that, which is really what we're looking for, like within your protein intake and nitrogen, um, really what we're looking for within your protein intake to help you build muscle is different than like, hey, I got this, my protein total from mostly animal-based sources and I added in like some whey, which again is an animal-based source. Um, but again, that varies quite a bit. So collagen does have some benefits as far as like nails, um, improving, I think it helps your hair, different things like that. But as far as an actual protein source goes, it's not, I wouldn't take it as like, hey, this is going to be my protein supplement and this is going to be a decent amount of my overall protein total. I wouldn't use it for that regard. Um, if you're looking for purely protein, like, hey, I need something to hit my protein goal, I would roll with like a whey, a whey powder or even like most plant-based protein powders now are going to be fortified with the amino acids that you need or like an egg-based protein or something of that nature. Um, there is a lot of hype around collagen protein powder, but as an actual protein source for like building muscle, probably not the best option. And that is all I have for you guys today. As always, if you found this helpful, do me a huge favor. Actually, do me two huge favors. One, leave me a five-star rating and review in iTunes. This really helps me grow the reach of the show. Two, again, if you took value from this, take a screenshot of this episode right now, share it to Instagram, and tag me at Jeremiah Bear. I want to connect with you and really just thank you for listening. All right, team. And with that, I am out. Thank you for tuning in.